Okay, Tom. Well, that was quite something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good fun. It's it reminded me of days that we've had in previous years and long lost years, I guess, where United used to go toe to toe with Europe's best. And it just, oh man, it just felt really, really enjoyable. Oh yeah. I mean, both sides, uh, you'd expect Barcelona to attack in Camp Nou. And given that they are, how many points ahead in La Liga? 11 or something huge Mm -hmm. like that. You'd expect them to do a lot of attacking. But United were just so devastating with the ball they had. Mm. I mean, I, I was looking at 17 shots. That is crazy. 17 shots United had. I might even be wrong there because 18, so 18 shots. Wow. 15 inside the Barcelona box. That is crazy. That I mean that I I'm I don't know, but I'm going to guess that no other shot no other team this season has had 15 shots inside the Barcelona box at Camp Nou, not even Bayern who won 3-0. So it's yeah, in, incredible how much commitment United put into attacking and mm. given that we expected Barca to have 60% of the ball. Yeah. It just really effectively broke, especially in that second half when uh, we managed to get Rashford in just much more often. Mm-hmm. Again and again, really. Yeah. Just, well, just we were amb- just saying off, off air before we came on that, I mean, being greedy here, but both of the Barcelona goals are pretty preventable. I think mm, can't can't yeah. really be happy about either of those, especially the first one. The second one's a bit of a freak. Yeah, good ball into a good area, and chances for Rashford where he blazed over and Sancho, great chance. Yeah, yeah. like very wow. course in the first half. Very course in the first half. So God, we can keep going on, but yeah, yeah. they are big, big chances. Yeah, it, it um, just, I mean United was... have out xg'd them by quite a distance today. Uh, but yeah, just you, I know it's being greedy, and we may regret it next week not taking those chances. But it definitely could have been more today. Yeah, it, it, I guess it is being greedy, but it's it's also like it makes me pretty happy and pretty chuffed just to see that kind of performance. I'm a little bit gutted in the same way as most of us probably are that we didn't come away with a win, which we deserve to. But yeah, it's a two-legged tie. And we were so good, so devastating. Rashford was just unbelievable. And we were also playing with Wout Weghorst as a 10. Like, we were playing yeah. with almost like 10 and a quarter men for most of that game. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine during the game, Dan Story, actually, that you might know yeah. some of you. And and we were kind of like trying to work out what kind of would have been the best team here. And it was almost like, I think Weghorst is kind of the best person out of, who was available because at times he can connect the play. Like if we're playing Garnacho, it's going to be a bit of a risky one because at Leeds at home, for example, he kind of lost the ball almost every time he had it. He's a bit of a risk. Whereas like Fekost, you're almost putting him in the team to hide him a little bit. Like he's kind of a man <laughs> they've got to get around. Like he made five passes in the first half. He missed a very good chance, but like at least he kind of gives a little bit of stability in that midfield and you kind of know what you're getting. But I'm yeah. trying, I'm really grasping at chores. But, but who else do you play? You play Garnacho, maybe, who really could be a weak link and could just lose the ball every time he gets it. You play Palestri? No, not for me. You may play Alanga, who's in no form at all. Like, there's no real option. You're not going to play Harry Maguire and go for a free at the back. So... I think that was the best option. And then you, at least you get Bruno on the right, who's who was devastating, I thought, at times today. 
and he can press quickly, whereas Veghorst can't press quickly. And like yeah. it was almost I mean, he tries like to play- press, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was always playing him in that position where you get Raj- Rashford, who could be more devastating through the middle. Almost playing Veghorst there is like you're literally hiding a player. So that's why I was kind of saying we got ten and a quarter players today, and we were still by far the better team at the new camp. Yeah. I do, I do think it's a de- defensive move playing Vegkos there and, and again, being greedy. I mean, I think if, if I, and clearly I know far less about picking a football team and, and how to set it up than Ten Hag, if, if I don't need to iterate it more. So take that mm-hmm. caveat, if, if I, by some miracle, lucked into a, into the job, I, I'd have been tempted to throw Rashford through the middle, which is basically where he played, and, and juggle things around a bit. I, I think Veghorst is a defensive option more on the more than an attacking one. He does lead the press. He does it slowly. Yes. He can be involved in build-up play, but he was hardly involved in build-up play. I mean, it's more theory than practice <laughs> in that one. But you can understand why why Ten Hag would do that. It, it's, it's taking one more risky option that's Bruno out of the centre of the pitch and putting him into areas where it's less dangerous for him to try risky options. So, yeah. again... Probably, I mean, it's two compromises in order to like, try and minimise the amount of ball United give, gave, give away and get players in the right position to defend from the front. Now, still gave the ball away 25% of the time. Mm. And some of that's, some of that's Barca's press, which is, is okay, but it's not as aggressive as it was, say, 10 years ago. And and some of it is just a recognition that without Ericsson in the side, United are more sloppy in midfield. Casemiro's yeah. obviously very efficient with it, but Fred is not. And and you know, I guess your other option would have been to play Bruno through the centre, but he he almost can't help himself. He plays a high risk ball. Doesn't matter where he is on the pitch. So having him in even deeper positions is even more risky. So yeah, you know, it's in the end, Ten Hag's proven totally right, of course. Mm-hmm. Because United have got a very good result at a place that not many teams get a good result and have a very, very good chance of going through now. Yeah, and it, it, like on paper, it does it, do, it does seem ridiculous what, what he was doing. But I think I think in, in, in a conservative way, it was the best option. And also, but it, it, it meant it was a good option in an offensive perspective as well, because it just allowed the better players like Bruno to be closer to goal and Rashford to be closer to goal through the middle. And Rashford's been effective in that position as well. And like, he was just unbelievable today. Like that was almost like peak Marcus Rashford. Like the way he has the confidence to, to go past, was it Gavi? No, I think it was Rafinha from the, for the corner for the second goal. Yeah. Just, he almost, he looked like he had a word with Shaw to say like, give me the ball. I'm just going to beat this guy here. And yeah, it's, he was just yeah. phenomenal. Which is why it was such a shock when he blazed that one over in the second half. You just don't expect yes, him to do that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. like, what, where did that come, come from? Yeah. I mean, I guess... A touch should... of cramp maybe after that shock. He kind of like... I don't know if it was like, a, I'm going to hold something here to save my embarrassment or he actually did have like maybe a, a tweet yeah. there. But it was it, it, it may be just an exhausted shot after putting so much effort into the game. That's right. I, I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah, I guess we should talk about some of the goals. The the first Barcelona goal, I mean, given that they had a lot of the ball and they were creating some chances, and so were United in that first half, it, it was not the goal you expect 
was it? Just a simple no. floated ball into the back stick for Marcus, Marcus Alonso of to to head in, and just really frustrating because Wanderzaka doesn't move at all. Yeah. He just stands still, doesn't even jump. <laughs> I mean, I like foul someone, do anything. Yeah. And Fred, yeah, well, not the strongest defending the back stick. Mm. So I mean, it's just really frustrating because like one plus one equals less than one in that case. I mean, it was just horrible defending. So yeah. just just really, 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 really frustrating to give away that goal. I'm sure <clears throat> Tain Hag was. Was fuming at that, or he would have been if it hadn't been for United getting back, getting one back so quickly. Yeah, and um, I was, I was quite, I was quite scared at that point because we'd played so well, and a lot of that perfect good performance was kind of in the transition. And I thought, oh, we we're one nil down here. We're not really set up to go and take the game to Barcelona here, but but for whatever reason, like Barcelona didn't change whatsoever. And we didn't really need to change either. I think we kind of played exactly with the same way we were playing and and just, yeah, equalised pretty quickly. And I, 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 yeah, like I say, I was really quite fearful after that goal, especially kind of, I, I, I can't say I watch Barcelona every single week, but it's kind of with that reputation this season, not conceding a goal from open play at home all year you just kind of it's almost like fear by reputation really right and they weren't right. they weren't no way as good defensively as they were supposed to have been arejo who's got so many plaudits this year i thought looked pretty sloppy being shifted from right back initially to to center back he wasn't great yep. on the ball he was okay at times but yeah we we, we just showed them up and 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 I, and I thought I felt um, like they got exposed that that mm. back four and I mean there's plenty of pace in that back four I mean maybe Marcus Alonso's not as quick as he once was or as good if he was ever that good yeah. really but they play such a high line I mean Xavi talked in midweek about how dangerous Marcus Rashford is and then they gave him thirty yards of space to run into and it was easy uh, it was and, easy and, yeah, such an easy it, pass to play. And I just wonder whether they thought they'd have even more of the ball in midfield than mm. they actually did. I mean, United fouled quite effectively, I thought, at times. Spread it around a little bit. Casemiro, obviously, just completely imperious. The uh, the moment when he does, I think it's Gavi beats him twice defensively <laughs> in the yeah. second half and then gives him the eyes as yeah. if to say, what was that? Come uh, on, mate. Learn some new tricks, lads. <laughs> was was pretty magical. He must have enjoyed that after his mm. so many years with Real Madrid. But yeah, I was, I was surprised at how much space Barcelona afforded United, and yeah. almost as if they 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 weren't able to pivot to another mode of playing, despite the chances that United created in that first half, and then created even more in the second half when the game became even more open. I think I but, I, I wonder if it kind of shows like how how much slower the. La Liga is compared to the Premier League these days like I never kind of bought the the fact that Premier League was so much better than La Liga like say 10 years ago but now it's unquestionably better and faster and more physical and the fact that Barcelona were trying to press us it kind of felt we it was United almost looked at that like yeah we kind of get this every single week like we played Leeds who pressed us like mad in the last couple of games and you're not doing it as intensely. And we can kind of play around you, even with like Fred and Malassia, who weren't great on the ball, Wan-Bissaka. Fred was immense tonight, to be honest. He's obviously got 
loads of limitations, as we've spoken about before plenty of times, but doing what he does best in that box to box role. Yeah. He was he was immense. And and yeah, they they tried to press us, but it didn't really work. And I, I, I agree with you. I th- I also thought that they were going to dominate the ball more than they did. I expect I guess Pedri going off makes a difference in that. Gavi's also out of the next week as well, which is a blow for them. And if they've got Pedri out as well. That's going to be a real miss. Yeah, Good. perfect. More, more, more the merry please. And it's I just expected them ban to... Lewandowski as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, all, all yeah. of them. <laughs> and Dembele, I guess, will probably be still out of the second leg. So it's, I, I, yeah, I expected that midfield to dominate us. But I guess when does a midfield get dominated when it's got Casemiro in it? Like rarely happens. So, and Fred was immense yeah. beside him, and then you got Veghorst. So what, what a trio. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. What a midfield. If anyone could have come up with that at the start of the season as a midfield trio away Yeah, magical. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think you've probably got something in the, in the intensity. I do, th- I do think La Liga and Premier League have drifted apart. There's been a lot of, lot of complaints coming from La Liga and those associated mm-hmm. with them about the financial disparity, which I, I just kind of... It doesn't make any sense to me. Yes, there's financial disparity and you, and uh, competition makes for a better product and, and competition between clubs and leagues makes for a better product. But the the idea that somehow La League deserves to be the best league because of <laughs> yeah. what? And, and Guillaume Balaguer, I'm sorry, I'm going off on complete tangent here, like on the, on the CBS Champions League show yesterday somehow claiming that there needs to be more equity and I think suggesting basically that the Premier League should give money to La Liga. Well, they do. It's called the transfer market. <laughs> we just keep giving them money. We, we. The Premier League clubs keep buying from, from other leagues and that is a distribution of wealth. But but it's 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 almost like the fault of Barcelona and Real Madrid for hogging all the TV money, which means that that yeah. league is not very competitive and it's not a particularly good product as a result. So, I mean, there's been the occasion, like a couple of... Years in the early 2000s, I think Valencia and Deportivo, La Coruña mm. won the leagues in Atletico Madrid, what, two, three years ago now? can't remember exactly what year. Yeah. But basically, it's Barcelona, Real Madrid every year, trading positions, depending on who who's up and who's down in whatever particular cycle. And that's not a particularly attractive product. So, yeah. Anyway, and what, and what it's they were... a complete rant, but, 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 but also, these, like... these leagues have di- diverged significantly. Exactly, yeah. But, but there was a period of through about 10 or 15 years this century, where Barcelona and Real Madrid literally bought all the best players in the world whenever they wanted them. So, well, oh, now you can't do that. Everyone's got to feel sorry for you. Is that the case? I mean, Barcelona spent a huge amount of money. Mm. They've sold their... They've sold their family silver for the next 25 years in order (laughs) to spend that huge amount of money. Anyway, yeah, uh, I mean... Just so by players say, like Gilles Kunde. Yeah, interesting one, isn't it? Anyway, so yes, I was a little surprised. I mean, it doesn't mean that United definitely throw and Barcelona no. can't score goals because clearly they can and they may look at that tonight and adjust how they play a little bit or see. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen of Barcelona, they play the same way home and away yeah. um, all the time. I haven't seen every Barcelona game at all, so... Hey, if you watch more of them than I do, correct me on that one. But I, I would be surprised if they set up 
too differently. The difference will be that United will be expected to be on the front foot a little bit, bit more, but then we'll have other players back. And yeah. Shaw will go to left back. He will provide a more attacking outlet on the left, and Martinez will come in, assuming we don't get any injuries at Leicester. Touch wood. Sabitzer will be available as well. Yeah, Anthony may even be available uh, as as to the options. Mm-hmm. And so United going to be stronger than tonight, and looks like Barcelona will be weaker. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's weird as well. Like that Barcelona pitch. I don't know if I speak for everyone here, but it it just looks massive. It look, always looks massive, and then I think I do this every single time I I see it. I look like. Google the pitch dimensions, and they're exactly the same as United's. But the pitch just yeah. looks so much bigger. I don't know if it's the camera angle. I think it's because the but... camera, the yeah. camera angle, it's or, or, so or... high up in the stands. Yeah, it? and also I think like the way that Barcelona play with their really high line, it kind of just makes like that part of the pitch seem so big because they kind of just leave such a massive gap behind them all the time. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's so weird. And I guess the, in that respect, the game shouldn't be too much different. But like you say, like, I think Sabitz coming back into the team, to the team is is huge, to be honest. Because if he plays, I mean, we we can almost play the same team we did today and put Sabitz in the same role as Veghorst, and that brings so much more to that team. And then obviously, like Lisandro Martinez as well is a huge one at the back. Like that is two massive improvements. Whereas, yeah, Barcelona losing Gavi at least, maybe Pedri. I mean, it's only a week away, and Pedri's mm-hmm. like. Serious enough, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. It, it, like I think every podcast, I predict that this will be the day that Ten Hag drops a big horse and he plays in every game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that is true. Like, I, I guess he's probably going to play. It might be nine in a row now. Has he missed one since he came? I don't think he has to the club. <laughs> I don't think he has. There was that yeah. stat before before Saturday's game where United were scoring something like every forty five minutes when he wasn't on the pitch and that. Every three hundred or something when he was on it, but obviously we scored a couple at the end towards the end last week when when he was on the pitch. But just going on today's performance, like I don't know why you would play him next week. Just don't. If you got Sabitzer no, coming, I don't see why you would play him to play effectively the same role. Mm. Yeah, just better on the ball. Yeah, and well, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying Sabitzer's the quickest on the along the ground. He's not really, but I mean, no. I would. Well, I was going to say I would look quick, but I think most people in the world would look quick running next to Bout of Eggcourse. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny thing is these these pros are always much better than you. Uh, but it, 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 it is true. <laughs> it is true. I used to play five-a-side with Kevin Nolan, who was never known for his speed. And he was like, well, it was like last year, 36, 37. And he was still, yeah, pretty pacey chap. If you, I, I might have said this on the, pod before maybe it was in a whatsapp group but if you look at the average speed that marathon runners run and try and put that on a treadmill yes. see how long you can keep that up yes, for yes. that is incredibly quick yeah. incredibly like 20 kilometers an hour yeah. and i'm like i can't keep that up for very long at all <laughs> it's ridiculous. and i'm quite fit i train a lot <laughs> but uh, yeah anyway yeah so even about Horst is probably a lot quicker than us yeah that is he just true. looks slow <laughs> compared to the elite of the elite of the elite exactly yeah footballers. It's, it's very fair very fair yeah anyway i mean look, it was like aside from all the the details of it all i, I guess we didn't even go into all the goals second second barcelona goal was again frustrating because like how many players legs has it gone through there Qu- quite a lot mm. 
Yeah. And it's also Casemiro giving it away very needlessly. I mean, I love Casemiro. He's absolutely fantastic, but that was just very sloppy, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's so infrequent that you forgive him, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for United to come back in... Again? Oh no! Sorry, I'm getting the order mixed up. That was that was to make it two two, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But all right, I'll make the same point. But for United to to not just hang on, but have chances after that, mm-hmm. I think I think says something about the the quality of the performance, but also like the level headedness of this team mm-hmm. that we definitely wouldn't have got last season. I mean, there have definitely been times where. I mean, in the Leighton Palace, we conceded and got a bit defensive, looked tired. Been times at Arsenal as well. But for the most part, it just feels like a very calm team that knows what it's trying to do. It's not perfect, but it's trying to execute to a, the manager's very clear plan. I guess I guess it comes to like any team selection, tactical plan, chopping and changing, whatever it is that, that Ten Hag does... It's going to sound like a very reductive point, but he's kind of earned our trust, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we should we should really like catch ourselves sometimes. I'm talking to myself here and go, you know what? He's probably on the balance of everything that's happened this season got this right. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the veg horse thing, for example, for today, could it's just an easy one to just go, why are you playing him there? Just play Garnacho or play whatever, play Bruno inside or whatever, but. If that if it was Ralph Randick doing doing that, making that silly kind of thing, you would be like, for goodness sake, man. But but yeah, you just trust Ten Hag because he's got it not perfect all season, but he's got it right very often. And he's just got this team playing with with such belief and freedom and attacking verve that you just think Okay, at half time, Veghorst makes five passes. He's barely in the game. He's missed a, missed a great chance, but you're still like, well, we've we've had a great half against Barcelona here. You can't complain about the starting lineup because you think, oh yeah, maybe you bring Garnacho. Maybe Garnacho had started from the start of the game, and who's to say that that wouldn't have been like not catastrophic, but a different game, and Barcelona would have been more on top, and we wouldn't have have had the chances. It's it's very difficult to. To, to criticise him or be concerned with anything that he's doing right now because most things are working. Yeah. I mean, I guess some of the concerns for the second leg are just how often United did give the ball away. There are some reasons for that, but also mm-hmm. you know, 25% of the time against a slow press is probably a bit too much, yeah. I think. I mean, it's definitely a bit too much. And then... They they seem to, I mean, if you notice how often Lewandowski pressed when De Gea had the ball at his feet, I mean, they seem to say that was that was a weakness. And it is a weakness. I mean, when De Gea is under pressure, he's more likely to give the ball away. And that is a concern. It didn't really come off for them, for the most part, I think. I mean, if you look at the sort of more advanced stats, average goal kick length or from goalkeepers over 40 yards and progression 18, right? So... He's kicking it long and giving it away. But it's better to kick it long and give it away than kick it short and give it away. Yeah. If that's the plan to counter to counter Barca's plan, then that was okay. But those two things were a were a concern. And then of course, like the, the brilliance of some of their players, like it can make a difference. But the the brilliance of some of our players can make a difference mm. too. I think with the goal kicks, a lot of them were aimed at towards 
Val Veghorst quite nicely. But the man, to say he's so tall and big, he doesn't win headers, does he? Like, he can win a header if he's on his own. But, like, if he gets a little nudge, he's so weak. And, like, I guess it's not weakness. It's more like balance, isn't it? Like, whereas Ibrahimovic... Yeah, he got outjumped by... Was it Jules Kunde? Yeah. That jumped him in the... I, I can't remember which player Barcelona. I was like thinking to myself how's this how's this possible yeah. the guy's like nine foot tall well you get like Ibrahimovic where he's got the balance and the strength that he can just hold off anyone and like you touch him and he doesn't move like you touch Veghorst and he's oh it's like falling over it's like on a tightrope the lad it's, it's just it's, it's really frustrating because I thought one of the things that would be like a nice little change is that you put him in the team and he'd win all the headers whereas Marcus Rashford's the one who actually wins all the headers in the box like like he did against Leeds and in, yeah. in, in the two games, about Veghorst never gets on the end of them chances. Well, occasionally, it's like but Maron Fellaini, he was—he yeah. just never jumped, no. did he? That was so big, and he just couldn't get off the he ground. Was great at chesting the ball down, a little bit like Veghorst. Veghorst can chest it nicely, but yeah, Fellaini was yeah. great at chesting and, and terrible at heading the ball. A, a couple of other points to make: Should Marcus Rashford have had a penalty? I mean, he was definitely <sighs> taken out. Second half. I mean, it's very marginal on whether it was on the line or mm. or or not on the line being in the box. Really tight, but it didn't look like they even looked at it at all. No, there wasn't. It didn't seem like there was a VAR check there. It felt like a UEFA loaner decision, like as of years gone by. Like it was just to me, it looked like just an obvious foul that they didn't really want to give at the new camp, just because. I don't know. I guess it's hard to give that when you when Barcelona. I think it was at two one as well, and then to give the foul that he gave about thirty seconds later, which was a lot softer than that. Yeah, and obviously Ten Hag yeah, was yeah. going mad on the on the sideline, but it was it was a it was such a clear foul on. And I guess also you're probably going to have to send him off because he's completely clean through on goal. It's a huge decision to make. Whereas the other one, the other other end of the pitch is a lot easier to give against yeah. against the away side it's kind of just a, yeah it's not going to be a yellow card and stuff it just felt like a very Barcelona get that home decision to me yeah Barcelona one pen right mm. it's as I used to say about Liverpool when they used to get one at the cop end every week yeah anyway let's uh, let's not go back into the murky depths of the 80s and then I guess the other potentially potential one which I was kind of really worried when I saw it was the ball that rolled down Fred's arm mm. I mean it was just a little bit away from his body and and so I, I was like if they if the VAR asks to check this he's going to look at the screen and give it because mm-hmm. in slow-mo it really looks like it's it's rolled down his arm I mean in real time it's very close to him and the ball is and his arm is quite natural so marginal mm. but I'd say lucky that VAR didn't ask to check that. Yeah, I know because you just you just don't. Also, playing European football, it just is so different. Like the fouls are just so different. And and in the first twenty minutes of the game, I was getting so frustrated because it felt like everything was a foul. Whereas like the Premier League, especially the season, is is so different in that respect. I think it's almost gone too far. To be honest, I think like f- f- fouls aren't fouls anymore. Whereas then you go, you go to, and watch European football, and it's like, how is that a foul? But it's just, it's a different game, and and yeah, these kind of decisions, you just, well, it's, I guess it's the same in the Premier League. You don't know what's a penalty and what what isn't a penalty, and I don't think the refs know either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, there's 
there there is a there is a sense that Barcelona get quite a lot of those. I mean, there's something about the Camp Nou crowd. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people. They managed to sell out a, a game for once <laughs> when United are in town. I know, yeah, when you come to see it, Camp Nou is never full except when United are there. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite true, but it's pretty much true. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've been to Camp Nou quite a few times, and I went to one where they were playing. It might have been Alaves. It was one of the smaller La Liga teams, and there weren't more than fifteen thousand people there. That it's just completely. And it was a, that was a league game, not not Copa del Rey or some other tournament. They don't care about a league game. That's terrible midweek. Totally empty. Yeah, the midweek ones especially were are really bad, aren't they? And and yeah. ever since ever since Messi's left, like it's just it's just got so much worse. I, it'd be interesting to know. I imagine they sold out the Bayern game in the Champions League this season, but yeah, I can't imagine they've sold it out maybe five times this year. I'd be I'd be very surprised if they have. Yeah. Old Trafford will definitely be sold out, though, for next week's yes. game, for sure. I, was, I am going to be in the UK flying visit, and I was trying to work out I, my biggest problem. Aside from tickets, you could drop a very large amount of money on them now. Mm-hmm. I'm coming with my son, so I just cannot find childcare. <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, whatever. <laughs> so I'll be in the UK, but watching it on the telly. Some lucky people are going to be going to that one. They're going to be in for a real treat, I think. I mean, yeah. Yeah. United are going to get chances, for sure. Mm. Barcelona's, I was just looking again, Barcelona's average defensive height is more than 50 yards. Wow. That's that's a Uh, hell of a lot of space. Wow. I mean, even if they drop that back 10 yards, that's uh, still a lot of of space. It is. And and Old Trafford's going to be absolutely, like, buzzing for that as well. Oh, it'd be great. It will be great. It'd be great. I was at at the Atletico game in the Champions League last year. And the atmosphere that night was unbelievable. And that was when we were bad. Like, we're now very yeah. good. If it, This feels like a, like I said at the start of the pod, it feels like a proper European adventure for United again. Like, and I know it's in Europa League and it's against Barcelona who have, who have fallen. But I think it's just the kind of the position that United are at at the moment. It feels like, yeah, it just feels like we've gone up another level and back to potentially, you know, kind of days gone by. And I know, I know we've had a Europa League final but it's yeah, it's, it's a bit different when you're playing against Barcelona and the Barcelona. Like I said, they've dropped down a bit, but they're still good. They're still miles away, top of La Liga, and they're yeah, yeah. And and there shouldn't be loads to fear in this competition. I mean, like like getting ahead of myself here, but if United can make it through, who are the best sides left in this competition? I mean, Arsenal. Yeah, that's... still in it. They now have this extra round because they didn't have a ref completely erroneously giving a penalty away against them in the group stages yeah we've got Um, Juve in there but they're not particularly great anymore they're they're not they've got some other problems I mean (laughs) Aurel Betis topped their group Sociedad obviously topped our group they weren't particularly good German sides Freiburg Union Berlin I think they drew against Ajax tonight nothing to be scared of there so yeah, I mean, good some good sides, but a tournament that United. I mean, this this could well be the final, and you go, yeah, good. I mean, we'll see. Arsenal have got other things on their mind, mm-hmm. so we'll see whether this is a priority for them or not. But yeah, they, they, hey, what I'll say is, after City's result against Arsenal at the weekend, United are still in this title. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like hundred percent. It may be an outside shot, but it's still in it. 
and say if City are in it, United are in it, because there's only one win difference. Yeah. And the quadruple is still on. <laughs> wow. Let's see if we can make it last longer than Liverpool, hey? <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I think... I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to put his favour. I think we've. I think we've got a big outside chance of of winning the league. I genuinely do because I don't. I don't see City being as consistent as they've always been. Not with Haaland, and I think I think Arsenal are going to fall away. To be honest, and and I know you said just now that Arsenal have got other things on their mind. I wonder whether they will have in in a couple of rounds time whether they will have dropped away a bit and they'll, they'll start to take this really seriously because their title has, title challenge has fallen away a little bit. The, our problem is just depth, isn't it? And and I think you look at tonight's team yeah. is is that Valt Vekos has had to play out of necessity and you can't really bring much on off the bench. I think even Garnacho bringing him on at that stage is a little bit risky because of what he is. He's fantastic at times, but he gives the ball away a lot and he's... He's not physical. You can you can easily get the ball off him, and I think he did that a couple of times. And it's just like, yeah. who else do you bring on? It's like you you almost like part of me when Veghorst is like lumbering around, you like screaming for McTominay, like oh McTominay would be great in this in- scenario because he would have been such an upgrade. That's that's just going to be a problem all season, really, just that depth. Yeah, no, I I, I think for sure, yes, and and a lot of that's to do with the the lack of business that United did in the in the winter and the very poor business that had been done for years and years past mm-hmm. that, which means that you don't really trust some of the trust some of the players and, and had to play catch up in midfield. Yeah. So I, that that is what it is. It could well cost United you know, if 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 we do manage to beat Barcelona next week, don't even need a win, do we? Given the result tonight, the draw will do fine. No away goals. Uh, no no away goals anymore. Oh, they no longer count. Yeah. You're right. Totally yeah, right. It would have, Scratch it all would have of been that. a perfect result too. Too. Years yeah, gone by. It would have been. Yeah. It could. It could well cost us later the depth. We'll see. Mm-hmm. The weekend is Leicester. Quick, quick, quick thoughts on Leicester. They really spanked Tottenham at the weekend. Yeah, Tottenham are a very odd one, aren't they? Because they go and play very, very well against City. Then they look absolutely terrible against Leicester with a back four, which is including the goalkeeper and then the the three ahead of him who are very suspect and then go and lose to a poor Milan team. But Leicester have just looked almost, I was going to say, awful all year. And despite that result last week, I would have just expected United to completely roll them over. And I still I still think we will. I think I think they're a bad side despite what happened last week. They've got a few okay players like Madison coming back into their team is is a huge lift, but there's still not much there to worry us about. And and when you see Casemiro's three match ban come in and you look at the fixture list, you, we couldn't have asked for much better really. I know Leeds played pretty well in the two games against us, but Leeds twice and then Leicester is the three games he's going to miss. It kind yeah. of feels like we've got away with one here. And I think I think United should roll, wow. them, roll them over. It's still great that does so. I mean, for oh, what he yeah, did yeah, yeah. versus the punishment. 100%. It, it just could have been so much worse if we'd have played against anyone with any ability. Yeah. But, yeah. I know. It, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, three and a third re- matches really he'll have missed for a little tickle. Andy Carroll didn't miss any matches because... <laughs> He got a yellow card for something different. Two yellow cards. Absolutely ridiculous. So knocking Ericsson out all season. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll see if there's any players 
back for that? I mean, Anthony, it's been kind of touch and go. Not sure about that one. Obviously, Donny's out. <laughs> big, big loss there. Eric, Ericsson's definitely out. It looks like Martial's hip problem is just ongoing. Mm-hmm. Like TBD on that one. Scott McTominay, I've not heard whether he's training again yet. Obviously, wasn't ready for this one. So, still pretty thin. Yeah. Still won't be too many changes. I guess Sabitzer comes back into the side for for Casemiro. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Garnacho instead of Veghorst. And yeah, but, we'll but probably not. Probably now. not. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfect uh, and, game and for Garnacho, uh, isn't it? Like, where you'd, you'd hope so. Like, where there's a bit more space. We're, United are just going to be attacking the whole game. They're not going to be pressing us too much. It feels like the perfect game. But then against Leeds, Luke Ayling kind of had him in his pocket that game when he started. Yeah. And Martinez will be back in. I guess there's a question over whether they wrap Varane Cottonwall. They're, they're managing him, aren't they? Mm. And and to fairly good effect. You're always worried that something's going to twang at some point and he's six weeks out. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're um, and it feels like, being very careful around that one. It feels like maybe a good game for Maguire as well because, you know, I don't have a lot of the ball. I don't think he's the greatest on the ball in the world, but he's he, he can be progressive with it at times. And he was fine last some, week. Some chat in the papers this week about the terrible hit United going to take on the Maguire deal. Well, that was always going to be the case when you spent <laughs> 80 million on Harry Maguire. Robot. But I think, I think I'm sure everyone's realised that he has, to, he has to move on this summer and United will probably take about half that fee on... On the amortization basis, it's it's perfectly reasonable. It won't it won't actually be a hit on the books. It may be in pure cash terms, but that's not how football club finances work. So, I, I think half of the fee United pay for him is perfectly okay if they can get anyone to part with that. Perfectly okay. I think it's <laughs> doing it. Bite Newcastle's hand uh, off, wouldn't you? Or anyone, yeah, and anyone comes in with forty million, be laughing to the bank. Yeah. Okay, I, this, I don't think there's any there's any really update from the weekend. A lot of chat around ownership stuff. The soft deadline is today yeah. or Friday the seventeenth. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff leaking that I wouldn't actually pay any attention to until we understand who the preferred bidders actually are. But a lot of people freaking out about it, including many many WhatsApp groups. People <laughs> like it is nervy times. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Good chatting to you, yeah, Tom. Yeah, cool. You too. Catch you, catch you next week. Perfect. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everyone.